Have you ever had a sense of being, quote unquote, off the map? We were hiking with the kids in Utah, and then we just were worried that we were going to run out of water long before we found our van. Like we thought we'll probably find our way back, but will we all die of thirst before we get our cells back to the van? Like it's an open question and uh, not a good feeling when you're a parent and you feel like I just made some really poor decisions (laughs) that led us to this moment. It's an adventure, Brian. It's an adventure. The the trick is to always, always act like you know what's going on. Welcome to episode 261 of Pup Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your very own Pub Theology Life pint glass, which you can get while supplies last when you become a patron. Starting at $7 a month, you can get access to some bonus materials, uh, pre and post show banter, conversations, uh, more personal stories and share-ins, you know, all the things you didn't know that you needed. You really don't, but still, morose. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash ptlive. And as always, thank you to our current patrons and if you'll be going to the wild goose this july be sure to join us at Goosecast. ogan and i will be there with some friends and we would love to see you as soon as we know exactly what time we'll be on we'll let you know we'll have to talk to our trusty friend charles about that and we'll get back to you but we'd love to see you um at wild goose this year today we'll discuss being stuck going off the map and the ascension of jesus and beliefs and mortality and drinks and I'm sure a bunch of other things. So what are we drinking today, fellas? I see what you did there, Brian. Ascension of Jesus going off the map. I got it. Ooh, Ooh. bonus points. There you go. <laughs> I got me a, a Warsteiner German Pilsner. Oh, nice. Straightforward number here. Nice. What are you having, Brian? Yeah, today I'm drinking a uh, Belgian-style wheat uh, orange peel and coriander. Yes, please. Uh, White Tide, which I think is the Aldi version of a Blue Moon. (laughs) (laughs) By by the way, I just noticed on this can, it says naturally brewed according to the German purity law. And I have some questions. Überraschung! hey (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have the research you know department look into that. I got a lot of questions. I will say that if there has to be purity laws, if it's around alcohol, I might be okay with them. Like, you know. Well, you know, they don't say which, so <laughs> how old is this can again? <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, I'll check the date on that. What, what do you the purity laws of 1560? Uh, <laughs> exactly. I was thinking, I was just thinking back to the 40s. I didn't, you didn't have to go that far back. That's prohibition laws, I guess. What are you drinking, Shannon? Um, I am being boring today. I'm drinking some iced tea. 
and that is what is in my glass because okay. um because i had been putting off writing a paper um forever and i yesterday set aside the time to write the paper and uh did it and i said if i wrote my paper then i needed a reward and so my reward was to drop by my friend's house afterwards and hang out with her and um had a couple drinks last night so i'm drinking some tea today so cheers <laughs> again i don't i don't see the connection between any of those things but uh, <laughs> i guess uh, it makes sense in your head <laughs> it does it okay. do listen <laughs> if you had a few the day before and you feel like i need to get back to a, a place of equilibrium and be nice to my body then you don't continue to listen i'm i'm just playing i'm just playing with her uh yeah i'm also we are people of a certain age and the right. late the later we drink <laughs> the 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 more we suffer the next day it's not even how much like i can have one beer at like you know 11 30 at night and my whole next day is kind of ruined Right. Exactly. But I can Listen, have like six beers at like 11 a.m. and I'm good the next day to go. <laughs> I, I regret nothing. Like, I really don't. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm drinking iced tea on the show today. That's that's all. That's all anybody needs to know. As as you are entitled to. <laughs> all, all beverages welcome. <laughs> Since we record this, usually before I go and play my uh, round of disc golf for my league, I always have this internal debate about whether that single beer helped or hurt my performance. <laughs> well, I should also say that um, around, I said that I would get the paper done by five o'clock. Again, I'd been putting off this paper a while. It was boring. It was a boring paper. And like, um, I, in order, sometimes when I'm writing and I am having trouble writing, a, a beer or two helps the process. Yeah, right. And so it had been a good afternoon into evening of uh, I drink. see what's happening. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but the paper got done. Like, the paper got done. So you were drinking for the paper, and then you rewarded yourself afterwards with more. I got gotcha. will Will the person reviewing or grading the paper need to have several in order to understand and interpret the paper I, mm, so question, i will also say that after we're done today i'm editing the paper oh good yeah. <laughs> that's good so shannon will be indisposed for the next five hours <laughs> she yeah. edits her drunken paper you do, yeah you want to be sober for the editing <laughs> Or or drink and double down. I mean, <laughs> well, I and by editing, I mean going through all the Grammarly comments and seeing if they make sense. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice. On to today's topics. All right. What or where is the worst place that you've been stuck for a long time? In other words, have you my ever first been... marriage? It... This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What did you say, Ogie? This podcast. <laughs> Come on. He's still stuck in episode 250. This is this is true. Throwback to pre-show. Um, your marriage. Um, inside during the pandemic, like oh. you know, and it was weird because as an introvert, I like being at home, like, you know, but I also like the option to leave and I felt, especially in those earlier months when we didn't know what the hell was going on, I felt that sense of, I, you know, there was that like, I might die if I go out and someone mm. breathes on me. So I'm going to stay home. And yeah, it felt, it felt, 
Yeah. Wait, aren't we still doing that? <laughs> Did you not get the memo? <laughs> it's over, man. It's over. Brian's been in the you- shed for <laughs> 900 straight days. Are you not letting people breathe on you, Brian? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Quick say, note, I went to an event this past weekend, and the person who was hosting the event, they just got over COVID. They just got COVID for the first time in oh the entire God. three years of the pandemic, right? So they were like, everybody is wearing a damn mask because I'm not going through this again. Yeah. Three years, just got it. And I wow. was like, this is the last place in BC probably that I've seen that has required anyone to wear a mm. mask and you could tell people are all like un- like we've gone through the mask thing people were done with the mask and he- there was like almost like this deer in headlights look on people's faces like we're doing this again like <laughs> flashbacks wait so it was it was implemented again yes mask were masks were required for this event and and oh, the, for an and event i missed for that one. one event and because the woman who was hosting the event just gotten over COVID. Now I'm for the first time, the only time in the whole three years she survived not getting COVID. And like last month before this event, did anyone show up to the event and was like, nah? Uh, no, no. And many people showed up without masks because we are in the time that we're at, but they had, you know, they had the box, but they had them available. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to wear this to go in. And there were some really. really yeah yeah i almost I? feel like if i tried to do that there would be a, a oh. lot of yeah no my doctor's offices aren't requiring them anymore yeah everybody's pretty sick. much done yeah much done. yeah our local hospitals just like last month said yeah it's no longer required in the hospital yeah that's yeah uh the worst place happens like i don't i don't i mean i'm sure i have but like I'm trying to think of some lecture I was stuck in or something like something, you know, like something like I've never been like, thank God, I've never been like trapped in an elevator or anything like that. Like, yeah. Are you claustrophobic if that were to happen or would you be OK? You know what? I surprisingly am. Um, I think I told you guys this, like I had to have an MRI a couple months ago and like yeah. put me into the machine and was like, no, like immediately just had this like reaction so apparently yeah apparently i am claustrophobic and that i have a fear of being buried alive but who knew you who know knew? <laughs> yeah so um, i while you're thinking uh um, yeah when we were coming back from uh europe last summer we were flying out of amsterdam and the Schiphol airport security line mm. was the most insane thing i have ever seen in my life like we saw the line And we thought, oh, you know, that's not so bad. And then we saw that it went outside and we're like, why does it go outside the building? And then we saw where you get in the line, actually. And then it went like, it was like a mile snaked loop outside before you come back in. And there was literally zero chance of us making our flight. And as it went slower and slower and we got farther and farther away from the building to get to the bend to come back, like I started getting physically ill. Like my kids are like, dad, we're not going to make it. Dad, we're going to miss our plane. Dad, you have to do something. And I literally like my vision was starting to like black out. Like I was like, I'm going to pass out. I'm so stressed out. And there's nothing we can do. We're jam packed. We have our stuff. I can't just barge through everyone and say, excuse me, my flight's more important than yours. 
right. just felt like there's nothing we can do and I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Oh. And, and this story ended how? Did you make and, the flight? Okay. So we finally made it back into the building and it was like, and then we got there and we thought like, oh, maybe we'll make it. And then there was a sign that said, you're still two and a half hours before you actually get to go through security. No. And I'm like, but our flight leaves in like one hour, you know, like we got here four hours early. Why wasn't right? And so we found someone uh, that worked there, told them our situation. She kind of put us through this faster thing. And then my son Charles and I got through security, but then they held up my son Winston and the rest of my family because he had fishing hooks and fishing stuff. So Charles and I were running like our lives were at stake through this airport. I found a uh, wheelchair for people, you know, who can't walk through the airport. Um, nobody was using it. I threw our bags on it to push our bags so I could run faster. And we ran like crazy all the way to our gate. And I'm like, you can't take off yet. My whole family's stuck in, you know, the insanity back there. And then it turned out like half our flight was stuck in the insanity. Right, so right. They backed our flight up by at least an hour. But then we almost missed our connection in switzerland because we were backed up mm-hmm. and we re- rinsed and repeated the insanity in switzerland Whew, but we made it but i was so stressed out i mean now i can think of airplane like the first long long flight that i took on an airplane was when i was 19 and i went to israel and we went from memphis to amsterdam and then amsterdam to and it was like a 17 hour flight or something yeah. and like I was going a little stir crazy then. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think like I'm not great in these situations, but I, I actually like and I'm I'm not so much joking in this one, but like I lived in Albany, New York for seven years and I like hated it. <laughs> I just ah. didn't love living there. Like, and it's funny because even as we think about this, like I think part of the reason why these things are coming up is because there's an end to the, there's gotta be an end to the airplane thing, right? There's gotta be an end to the, but when you like live somewhere or you're married to somebody or you're in a job that you feel, like when you feel stuck in those places, it it very much feels hopeless at times, you know? And so like, you know, it just, I I don't know. That's why I'm like, "Ah, I'd rather be in an MRI machine. (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) When I was, uh, when we yes. were in Kansas city and I was working at a charter school and w- I was ready to leave that job, but couldn't, cause we were trying to refinance the house. And I was the only one that was full-time employee. So I yep. couldn't quit. Yep. And it got, and it got to the point where in order to get to work, when my alarm went off in the morning, I had to tell myself, just go take a shower. Like that's all you need to worry about right now. Just yeah. go take a shower. Oh, look, nice. you're clean. Just put some clothes on. Cause you right. know, neighbors don't like. You leave in the house naked. Uh, let's go for a drive. Just get in the car. Let's go. For a drive. Seriously, you have to talk yourself through each next step instead of yes. thinking of the whole step. thing at once. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I remember that time. Oh my god! And then the fight, the the refinance came through. It took so long because this was like the 
you know, the, the, the housing market had blown up and, and it was trying to get itself back together and all these mortgage companies are going under and being mortgages are being bought up by other people. So a process that should have taken at worst six weeks took about, oh, seven months. It was insane. Yeah. And it finally came through with eight, mo- eight weeks left on the school calendar. And I put in my two weeks notice. I'm like, I ain't doing this. <laughs> longer mm-hmm. than I have to at all. I remember Jennifer going like, you just have like another month and a half. Right. Like, what? like, nope. Nope. I'm saying, <laughs> not going to do it. Got to get it now. They're lucky I'm being nice enough to give them a two weeks notice. But yeah. if I really didn't have any conscience at all, I'd be like, tomorrow's my last day. You know what? No, today is my last day. Bye. <laughs> I was tempted. Oh, wow. But it, but it, but it happens. And it's so it's, I mean, it's, it's a bigger conversation of the basically capitalist culture we have created whereby so many of us just don't have the freedom to say this job, this place this whatever isn't working for me. So tomorrow, next week, I'm going to go do something different. Like the vast well, majority and- of people do not have those means or that luxury yeah and that's and not that we're talking about this today necessarily but like that's one of the criticisms of the generate the generation that's starting to work now post college and stuff is that well they'll just quit or they'll just you know whatever and i'm like yeah good for them right like i there's probably some jobs i should have just quit you know and exactly and providing for your family is noble and i did it for many uh, you know whatever but like there's also, we've got to find the other side, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. for sure. Well, that, the next that time- That stuck word is real. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right, stuck. Yeah, there's a lot of things that come up when you hear that word stuck. Uh, I was gonna say the next time you're in the MRI machine, just tell yourself, but I'm at least I'm not in Albany. I mean, really, I tell you what, uh, headphones with music blasting and an eye mask totally changes everything. <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right. So in May uh, of 1570, so how many years? When ago? Ogan's beer was brewed. <laughs> so this was over 450 years ago. The first atlas was published titled Theatrum Orbis Terrarum, meaning theater of the world by Abraham Ortelius in Antwerp, the Netherlands. And it had 70 maps. So this was an atlas, you know, containing a bunch of maps, sort of like when you do your road trip and you got the U.S., atlas all the states so imagine living in a world without maps let alone maps on our phone like google maps how might one's imagination fill in the blanks for the unknown you know like it's just it's hard for me to put myself in a place in that because we don't live in that place you know we've seen our planet from space but before that and before like people had definitively charted you know every acre on this planet there was a lot of space for the imagination to just wonder. And I, and I think, what would that be like? And I think for me, it helps me think why people thought some wild things back in mm-hmm. the day. Facts. You know, yeah, it's, why, it's, sorry, go ahead, Jen. I was just going to say, or why, like how every um, part of the world has a flood story, the way that Christianity has you know, the, the Noah and the flood story. And it's because we 
when everything around you is flooded, you think the world has flooded. Like it's why that happens. Sorry, yeah, your scope for what is, is just only what your own eyes have seen, or maybe you've heard hearsay. Yeah. That being said, now that we've mapped the entire world, we have Google Maps on our phone and we see pictures of what's happening all over the world. I don't want to leave my home. <laughs> so. Well, I think this is actually part of the problem, right? Which is that we can see, like I can zoom in satellite on Google Maps and see the house I grew up in or the, and like, and we think that we have all the knowledge that is, like somehow these kind of things give us. Um, Hubris. <laughs> yeah. And so we don't leave room for that imagination in what we do, in our conversation, in our like, imagine I might be wrong about this thing, you know. Um, it's or interesting. Just, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to switch thoughts. So go ahead. Well, yeah, just imagining what's out there, you know, like, um, you know, like I think of the children's book where the wild things are, you yeah. know, like there might be forests where who knows what lurks there uh, because we've never talked to anyone who's gone there and come back or you know, maybe the oceans are currently like the closest thing we have where there's like depths and things that maybe we haven't fully scoped out um, because it's hard to get to. And um, yeah, we know more about space than we do about our oceans, which is yeah. interesting to me. And so, um, yeah, to me, like this sense of of mystery and wonder and letting the imagination run uh, both positively and negatively, I think is hampered a little bit by feeling like, oh, here's everything. I think about the moment um, in The Force Awakens in Star Wars, um, if you all remember when like uh, Han and Rey are flying and they're flying to the planet that Ma lives on. And Rey has that moment where she's like taken aback and she says, I I never knew there was this much green in the whole universe. Yes. Right? Yes. And And like we all kind of connected to that moment um, and like even Han, who's this, you know, whatever, he's like giving her this look of just sympathy and not quite pity, but just really compassionate, like look. And I think that's what I'm thinking of as we talk about this, uh, of like, even in my wildest imagination. So if my people came from, you know, Northern Europe, like Scotland and, and the UK area, like you couldn't have fathomed deserts. Right. Like, I, I don't know that my imagination could have even gone there because it's such a foreign con. Like, it's so opposite of anything that I see, you know. Um, yeah, 100%. But I also don't know that a map, if you just would have drawn the world, would have given me that necessarily either. Right. True. Yeah, true. And And it's not like, you know, there have been maps for a long time and obviously long before 1570, there were all these individual maps. They weren't sort of elected in, in the sense of here's the world like they were then. Um, but, but they were based on exploration and best guesses and, you know, not to scale and all of that. Um, but you're right. That's that, that is another level removed from, you know, seeing it in a movie or firsthand or in photographs. Uh, I mean, we do sure. this with um, we do this with aliens and 
even a little bit with dinosaurs, which we kind of have an outline for, but yes, you know, the fact that they're like, Oh, the T-Rex now has feathers. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, and, like the and, T-Rex will never have feathers in my mind. And <laughs> lips. Apparently some dinosaurs have lips. And like, like wow. I don't understand. Right. Because we've created an image of what they, you know, Oh, now we're getting biblical. Like we, that's why we're not supposed to create these images guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we all, have grown up with maps, but have you ever had a sense of being quote unquote off the map? Like, you know, like you took a trip somewhere and instead of going where you had planned, you took a left turn or, you know, you just went somewhere and you weren't sure exactly where it led or, or, or it just felt very desolate and hard to get to. These, these days it's only when the phone dies or I don't, (laughs) or I don't, I think I'm kidding or I don't have a, or I don't have a cell signal, but like it is, I've, I've gone to the point where like, even when I know where I'm going now, I still have maps up just in case. I know. Right. Oh, I have it up for speed cameras. (laughs) That, that too. That's a real Uh, thing. (laughs) There's that, there's that, but it's kind of, it's kind of sad. The, when I, when I notice the dependence on technology, right. Yeah. I mean, and again, we're of a certain age. We remember all the phone numbers that we dialed when we were kids, but you know, literally the only phone number I can recite now is my own that I use. I, I can't even tell you what my daughter's cell phone number is. Yeah, I can't tell you what my is, kids' numbers are. Right. So so uh fun story. I I locked myself out of the house accidentally yesterday picking up a picking up a food order um that was delivered. And here I am outside the house, I'm locked out and my first thought wasn't, oh, my God, the keys. My first thought was, oh, my God, my phone's inside, right? Because <laughs> for some reason, I felt like as long as I had my phone, it'd all be okay. <laughs> I don't know how You're I right. thought the phone was going to get me back in the house. That's a real but I was yeah. like, didn't, didn't, have the, didn't have the phone with me. And I was, like, I was like, fortunately, I was able to climb in a window. But I thought really long and hard. Cause I'm in a nice DC neighborhood and I'm like black man crawling in the window of a nice DC house. This, uh, this may not end well. So I I had to just make sure like it was when the street was clear and I actually waited till some people walked by, (laughs) make sure the street was clear and I climbed in. (laughs) And then I, then I made a big show of walking back out to the front dangling keys. So that people (laughs) won't be like, you know, we saw we saw a guy crawling in the window, and then cops were showing up. Like that's right. a le- that's a legit fear, okay? In case yeah. any of the neighbors were watching, right? And, you know, whatever. Yeah, because yeah, they're like, we don't know this guy. He's you know, I'm I'm right. house sitting for some friends. They're like, yeah, we don't we don't know him, and right. he's crawling windows and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Was- I've I've gotten lost hiking before. Like yeah. we've got off the trail, yes, and in a big park that. Um, and at a time that there weren't a lot of other people around and definitely like some scary, I don't know where we are right now. And, and this was pre, um, phone map, you know, but you have like the park map, but you're like, there's 50 streams. I don't know which one this is. And I don't know which way is North and, you know, all that stuff. So I've had that moment and then you find your way back eventually, but. Certainly yes. I've had that feeling. We were hiking with the kids in Utah a few summers back and it wasn't a national park. It was kind of like a more of a local park. And it was, they had these super narrow, beautiful canyons that you could kind of hike through. And there was of course no cell coverage and we didn't really have a map 
to it. So we were kind of dependent on the signs. And uh, we noticed a storm was coming and that we were getting low on water. <laughs> and we you do not want to be in one of these canyons if there's a flash, you know, thunderstorm. Right, flood. Uh, yeah. So we finally came out of it, but then we're like, but we don't know where to go. Like there weren't signs anymore and we couldn't yeah. figure out how to get back to our car. And so like, we were like wandering, we're sending the kids on little scouting, you know, like stay sort of within eyeshot, but <laughs> see what you can see over there and we'll see what we can see over there. And, and then we just were worried that we were going to run out of water long before we found our van. Like we thought we'll probably find our way back, but will we all die of thirst before we get our ourselves back to the van? Like it's an open question and uh, not a good feeling when you're a parent and you feel like I just made some really poor decisions that led us to this moment. (laughs) It's an adventure, Brian. It's an adventure. Exactly. The (laughs) The trick is to always, always act like you know what's going on. Yeah. I'm not always the best at that. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm good at getting us in situations that I somehow regret. And then it's like, listen, parent, parenthood I, is parenthood is all about making poor decisions. Yeah. So so you can't you can't let the kids see that on your face, man. There you go. <laughs> Got to keep a brave face. Yeah, we had one other time when we were driving to Alaska and decided to take the longer way through Yukon territory to get to Alaska mm-hmm. and in our minivan, which was probably not recommended. I, I was going to say the, the longer way in Alaska feels like it's a bad like, idea. Well, we saw Alaska. that there was one road that was the northernmost route you could enter Alaska. And I thought, yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> bad idea. You and wasn't I have this, different seriously. ways of being. And wasn't this the mini <laughs> and wasn't this a minivan that always broke down? Like so shortly before we got to the last city in Canada, a car went by, kicked a stone that hit our camper bounced off our camper into our rear windshield and it exploded oh and josephine and charles are in the back seat they started screaming <laughs> we were like what we ended up All having right. to duct tape the back windshield for the remainder of our trip and we hadn't even gotten to alaska yet you are giving your kids such great stories uh-huh <laughs> they're they're yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly good exactly good. Good, good therapy content. This That's was at like is. 6 a.m. And then it started drizzling and we have a busted out windshield <laughs> and we're in the middle of BFE or BFC in this case. Oh, man. It's crazy. Some therapist is going to hear some really fun stories in the future. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Speaking of off the map, the last words in the New Testament that Jesus utters before his ascension in Acts 1 verse 8 are these. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So discuss this in light of the above, right? Having minimal or at least limited access to maps, certainly not definitive maps. This idea, so I guess there's two things to discuss. One is the ascension itself, but also this, here's where you're, here's the geographical regions I want you to be my witnesses. Some local places, you know, a little bit wider. Oh, and also the ends of the earth. Like, what do you think filled people's minds when they heard that? I, I, I'd like to think he wasn't being literal, mm. right? It's just mm-hmm. that this idea of you know, just get out the hometown, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go, no, go. I get out of Galilee. 
I think this is a get out of your comfort zone, leave, you know, these are guys that never left their villages, let alone, you know, went to Jerusalem or whatever. Like, I, I think that this is a, you know, leave. You don't, so you don't think this is, we literally have to share the gospel with every human being on every square inch of the planet before Jesus can come back. He was having trouble getting them to get along with Samaritans. Like, I don't think they're going to the Orient here. Like, I think his expectations were reasonable Yes. in this process uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no uh, i i 100 agree i'm i'm joking and and but of but this kind this text and i think matthew the text of matthew 28 um have been used right for christians to support missionary efforts oh of course really to the ends of the earth and crusades and genocides and you know all the good things <laughs> i i yeah. I think we missed such such a beautiful, obviously, right? Like we missed such a beautiful significance of this moment mm. of kind of these, like a blessing, right? This is a blessing of you have everything you need within you mm-hmm. kind of a moment. Yes. And just to then take that and run with it in a way that, our responsibility is to convert people to Christianity rather than our responsible is to tell our stories of being loved and cared for and hopeful and all of those kind of things. We are absolutely missing the point in this. Mm. If, if that's what we do. Yeah. I here, here's, here's my, here's my other theory is that uh, Jesus's prophesied return was the resurrection and then he really was like, wait, am I doing this mess all over again? No, I'm out. And yeah. he's like, y'all, y'all, y'all can take it from here. I'm, I, I'm done. I went through this once before. I'm out. I'm, out. I'm not, I'm not was there like, doing this again with you. Do you imagine that Jesus like snapped his fingers like when he was ready? <laughs> and called the cloud down. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> You know what's Uber cloud? I mean, I have never. So first off, I just want to point out that like this is how long it's taken me that I have totally forgotten that it's like Ascension time and what like I've just lost the church year already. Like that did not take long. Um, But two, like I'm, I've never understood the like fifty days thing when we have like three stories of him on earth post-resurrection i'm like i feel like that time is like if we had a bunch of stories from that time i feel like that's the time that somebody's like hey go get the scribe like, yeah let's right. just write down every single thing this guy says i think you know i, I think there's almost nothing for that whole almost absolutely nothing six here's weeks my, or whatever it was here's my theory on that my theory is <laughs> You know, now he's resurrected, right? He's not bound by by the laws of physics, clearly. So I think this is when he's doing his world travels. I think this is when he is getting out. goes to the end of the earth, right? He's going to the end of the earth. He's (laughs) teleporting to some other places, right? He's checking it out. And and maybe he's thinking like, all right, I've seen the world. I'm sure there's a ton of debate on this. I'm definitely out. And, and... Perhaps one day, maybe you guys will like to see the rest of the world too. So go go do your thing. 
But like, okay, I'm sure, there's, <laughs> I'm sure there's real like debate on this. And I literally have, haven't put much thought into it. Cause I think when I, you know, there are certain things you put aside when you're in the church, like, and you sure. kind of have to keep going that you're like, I'm really not going to think about this too long or I'll stop believing everything I believe in about it. <laughs> Guilty but, as charged. Guilty as charged. <laughs> but I'm sitting here just like, you know, I, I mean, really this, I don't understand the 50 days thing. Like, I don't I think understand. You, I think you how... broke her. I think you broke her a little bit there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's going off the map. <laughs> All right. I'm off the map. I'm just trying to figure out how. Uh, you might like, need that what, bear after all. <laughs> what happened during these 50? I really, this is why people don't talk about it. This is exactly why we don't talk well, about I it. Well, I mean, is it any different than what happened the first 30 years? Like, I mean, we have, we have in this man's life. I mean, maybe that's. We, we basically got what, three years? So is he a, still, is he still fully human, fully divine at this point? Or is he just divine at this point? Right? Like to the, well, to Ogan's point about not being bound by physics anymore. It's a fair question, right? Because there, some of the stories are the disciples were all together in a room with the doors locked and suddenly Jesus appeared among them. Right. So. And yes, he's got his fleshly, fleshing body. But then he's like, put wounds. your hand in my side. Yeah. Right. Here's some fish. I'll eat it in front of you to show that exactly. I'm so, like, you know, what's going on here, Jesus? I think it was Carl Sagan <laughs> that said if Jesus left Earth traveling the speed of light, that he still would not have left our galaxy. Wait, what? <laughs> that if Jesus took oh, off with yeah, his ascension two thousand years ago, traveling the speed uh -huh. of light, our galaxy is so big that he would not have escaped our galaxy yet. He's floating out in the galaxy somewhere. That's too much math for me. Case he's a that's, and that's there. why we've explored more of space than we have of the ocean. We looking for Jesus? <laughs> We're looking for Jesus. Is that the Healy's <laughs> Comet? No, no. That's No, that's just God. Jesus. He's just passing that's... through. Oh, by the way, but just very quickly, um, if you all didn't see the moon and Venus last night or recently. I like, did via you. Yes, it is stunning. Those pictures do not do it justice. I'm... It is stunning. I'm sure. Stunning. Get out That's there. Amazing. Get out there. That's you awesome. don't need a map. Just look up. Just look up. Just look up. And so, and so then, like, you know, of course, I think all of us will want to uh, read this sort of metaphorical or symbolically. And what did it mean for Jesus to ascend or to, you know, be with God or the Father, however you want to name that? Um, but the text does say, you know, in the next verse, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And then the verse after that says, while they were still staring up at the sky, suddenly there were two angels dressed in white who said to them, why are you looking for him? You know, so it's like it goes out of its way to say they're literally looking up in the air and he was taken by a cloud. Like it uses language that feels literal. And yet it, it's impossible to interpret it literally because it's nonsensical. Well, like I always used to say, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. And <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that there needed to be embellishment to make the story stick and worthy of being spread. Um, so Yeah, and a way to explain if Jesus was raised and he's immortal now, why isn't he around still? Exactly. Well, and I think, I mean- It's the escape I mean, clause. <laughs> i'm telling you he didn't want to he didn't want to do it again i'm telling you that was 
That was it. My guess is, is like, I mean, and it still is, I think a symbol of, I think mm-hmm. fog and clouds are, even though we now know what they are, right. And what, why mm-hmm. they're happening. I think they're symbols of mystery yes. and that like, this is the cue, the mystery veil, you know, right. like he's taken up by a cloud. The, the cloud descends on the, you know, um, whatever Mount they were on, you yeah, know, yeah, the transfiguration. The transfiguration. Yeah, um, you like wonder if cloud- Jesus said, "Hey, look over there," and then when they exactly back, there was only like, a cloud, and Jesus is running down the mountain. You know, he, he David Copperfield him. Um, yo, smoke machines coming from both sides. You CBS know. CBS Sunday morning did a whole thing on David Copperfield, who I gotta admit I did not realize was still alive. But oh, I wouldn't he, have known that <laughs> he's still alive and well and working on new working on new stuff. Um, as an aside, again, I I don't. I don't think it matters that we take this literally or not. I and I wish people would stop trying to debate the the literal possibilities of yeah. it. It 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 doesn't matter. Um, and how again bringing it back to how we treat each other today does not matter if Jesus literally got taken up in a cloud or he pulled a look over there. I mean, I, I it doesn't matter. And the fact that we make it matter. The fact that we make like this, this great commission thing of go preach to the ends of the earth. And by the way, if they don't listen, you're justified in killing them. You're justified in taking over their land. I was going to say, that's not actually in the scripture. He didn't say that. I'm saying, (laughs) right, because it was later literally interpreted. Yeah. uh, You know, and and the consequences were made up as a result. I think that's no no good has ever come when we try to apply too literal an interpretation to scripture so let's please stop yes well and i have had friends i'm sure you have too that have gone to various very dangerous parts of the world for christian missionaries oh yeah with their suitcases full of bibles that could have spent lifetimes in like my friend in a chinese prison that just didn't happen to get caught because of texts like this so like there are real, and this is not, this is modern history, right? This is not I spent a ago. year of my life in the Middle East because of verses like this. Yeah. Yep. So I could is, still be rotting in a Turkish prison. I mean, that's real. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And, out, and after that, you still decided to run for Congress. Like you didn't, you didn't learn <laughs> and, enough of being in a hostile place. And listen, y'all, if you think that's extreme, then let me tell you that those, you, you have a ring doorbell because two young men in suits are coming to ring <laughs> on your doorbell because of this text and you're annoyed uh, by it. So, you know. Fair. There is that. All fair. There is, there is that. But don't think it doesn't affect you is all I'm saying. And and <laughs> isn't that oh my god, what is the story about the, the missionary and and the yes. convert about if the missionary if you, and the P? No, <laughs> no, no, the missionary, and I think it's 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 often framed as the missionary to the Eskimo, or you might say or the heathen or whoever the it is. Inuit or the First right? Nations. Person. You know, if you yeah. if if you hadn't come and told me about this, what would have happened to me? And like, you know, God's grace would have you know, right. giving you a place in heaven. He's like, then why'd you show up? If I, right. was, if I was covered before you showed up, what are you doing here? Then? You're actually ruining it. You're exactly. Ruining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. The fuller version is the missionaries like believe in, you know, this good news that Jesus died for you or God will punish you forever. Well, what if you'd never told me about all this? Well, then you'd be fine. 
Right. Exactly. Then why'd you tell me? Yeah. Do the math. Like, hey, some things I don't want to know, right? Like I- ignorance sometimes is bliss. Oh sometimes. man. So speaking of ignorance and non-belief, is belief in God a prerequisite for being a moral person? Well, absolutely, uh- Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, what are we doing this show for if that's not the reason? <laughs> I mean, okay, I know what your answers will today. be. Just a little. <laughs> I know what your answers will be. But this is this is why you need to drink beer. Just take the edge off a little bit. <laughs> but very often, Shannon coming in hot. <laughs> and unsurprise, evangelicals <sighs> had the highest rate. Of saying yes to this question. Oh, what? Shocker. Shocker. Yes, you have to believe in God to be a moral person. But our like it does say, according to a recent Pew survey, most Americans say it's not a prerequisite that you believe in God to be a moral person. And yet you are much less likely to get elected to office if you are a self-proclaimed atheist. Because people think we can't trust you. Yeah. You're not moral. I mean, what? What we say we believe and what we act we believe are two very different things, right? Yep. Um, I, for me, it is not one, like I know so many moral people that have so many questions about God and a belief and, you know, somehow like, you know, I've, my aunt who is a lovely person and a wonderfully moral Mm -hmm. person describes herself as a humanist. And she and I talk about this because I'm like, I don't have that much faith in humanity. That's my problem. You know, you don't see last, see last episode, humanity, (laughs) despite humanity, (laughs) like, but you know, good for you. (laughs) Like I'm happy for you, but I do think there, I do. I would argue that we need an element to believe in that is greater than ourselves even if that's just love or a collective, you know, a collective human experience or right. I, I think that there's something that keeps us in the more morality, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's an absolute, I just, that's one thing I've noticed, right? We, we somehow need to believe in something beyond ourselves. Yeah, because that provides inspiration, purpose, reasons for you know acting in a way that's moral and for the good of others but i'm I'm, you know as you're saying this i'm wondering isn't that the problem though would we do better if we spent more time believing in ourselves than something greater than ourselves well that's the question yeah because often and and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that and i'm glad you and i'm glad you put on when you were listing the things greater than ourselves included um, like, you know, a, a better vision of humanity. And I think whenever there's, uh, sometimes, not whenever, sometimes in the believing something greater than ourselves, there's unfortunately an element of, I cannot achieve that, or that's not who I am. It's only something can aspire to. I think we humans would do a lot better if we truly embrace the, no, let's believe in ourselves to be the answer and the solution to all what ails us. We, we are the answer. Um, so I, I know what you're saying. And sometimes God, that- Logan, you sound like Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's so the I... sweetest thing you've ever said. So Thank I think you. what you're saying, <laughs> 
So I think what you're saying, Ogan, is that belief in God can actually preclude being moral because you're offloading your responsibility. Maybe you have this literal view of the ascension, which often has the corollary of a literal return of Jesus. And so really, we're just kind of biding time, but God's going to sort it all out. Jesus is going to come back and fix it all. Our efforts aren't that important. Here, believe everything I believe versus trying to love our neighbor versus trying to care for the planet, which is the only one we've got. There, there can there can be an element of spiritual bypassing, yes, um, in that in that regard. There can be an element also of not not stepping into the fullness of what we are potentially capable of. I mean, for all our faults, we've done some as human beings some pretty friggin' amazing things. I mean, you talked about maps earlier. We've we've gone from those drawings that you mentioned, and now we literally have the map of every street in the world in our pocket, right? So like we've we've made amazing progress, arguably scary progress in in some ways. And along with that, I, I don't, you know, people would argue that we've created more problems. I think it's, it's the, the core, they're, they're different manifestations and more dire manifestations of, I think, the same core human problems, greed, <laughs> avarice, you know, all the, the seven deadly sins, if you want to call them that, um, that, that have always plagued humanity. And I feel like if attention was more paid to um, rather than offloading it to God or or um, saying there's something greater than us to aspire to, uh, we might pay a little more attention into realizing like we're both the problem and the solution. If anything, the 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 greater thing than us that we should aspire to is that greater part of ourselves that we keep not willing to step into and instead we're living you know we're living from fear we're living from attitude of scarcity instead of abundance we're living from an attitude of 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 separateness instead of community and connectedness and probably with broad strokes we don't all do that but it takes a lot of work to get to a place where that's no longer our default and i think that's because we don't spend enough time saying like yeah I am, I am capable of this and not just being subject to what's happening around me, whether we believe God's going to come and save us or technology is going to fix the problem or, you know, this just the way it is. I got to do what I got to do to survive. And going back to what we said earlier um, about uh, being stuck, survival, sometimes survival, that need to survive is, is a real thing that nothing else matters un- until our survival is insured. And there are too many people who are, who don't know that their survival is insured. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I got. I think we could all agree that the most amoral people that we've ever known have also been religious people. Facts right? on facts, facts so, on facts. And, right. you know, to also that point, like Ogan was making in that greater point of, it's also interesting to me that every world religion has some form of the golden rule in it, right? Some form of treat others the way that you would want to be treated. Um, And sometimes we like Jesus pointed it out differently in a way that says, Hey, sometimes you treat yourself pretty shitty and you treat other people fine. So like also show some love to yourself. Um, And, and it's a both and, but it's interesting. That's, I think that's where I'm kind of getting at with this 
most of the people that I have that have a really good moral compass do have some kind of, even if it's just, I see the humanity in you, you know, um, in a person outside of me. Cause otherwise I just think our, our susceptibility to narcissism is, is too real. You know, yeah. if, if we don't see something outside of ourselves. But we also have to see, uh, to, to piggyback on that, the idea of we can't, another person can't suffer and it not affect us at some point, yeah. right? We are, we're inextricably tied to one another. So our suffering is tied to each other and our liberation is tied to each other. And, and, and we, we've, I, I don't know how long humanity has been like this, maybe forever, Um we, we tend to focus on, let me take care of myself first before I look at your suffering, Yeah. right? I got to be in a position of being okay before I look at your suffering. And then if I get rich enough, well, psh, I just can't be bothered anyways. Um, that's that sort of deal. I, I think if there's um, th- that underlying thread of Jesus's message, it, it was that there, there's, there's no one higher or lower that that we are not tied to so he equally healed you know the leper as he did the centurion and the centurion slave like we're we're all tied together um and i and for me that's really what morality is realizing that connection and making choices that say regardless of if this is going to personally affect me or not i realize that if i don't help you over there from getting out of harm or with your suffering this is going to affect me in some way, whether it's now or, or down the line. So, so no, my, my suffering can't necessarily take care of my suffering can't necessarily come first. It definitely can't just come only. Um, and, 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 and no, we don't, we don't, we don't need a belief in God for that. Um, there's science and there's results. Um, um, for example, um, the Associated Press just did a whole year-long review into um, how the health system in America disproportionately harms Black people, right? And it's yep. not like it's not like this is a report from from America twenty years ago or fifty years ago. It's friggin' today, and it is it's 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 heartbreaking. Um, to see that it's 2023 and we still have systems that began with an intention to harm Black people that have been claimed to be fixed that are still harming mm-hmm. Black and brown people more um, th- than anyone else. And it's like, can we and can we not see, though, that if we addressed those issues, how much better it would be for everyone regardless? Yes. Yeah. You know, this is this isn't this isn't just about saving the marginalized. This is about elevating everyone, and it you don't need God to believe in that. If, if God and Jesus' message of love one another is the catalyst for you doing that, great. Right. But if it's just the straight up recognition that we all in harm's way, and we're never going to get out of harm's way collectively unless we collectively address the suffering of everyone, then so be it too but uh, we're all so tired we're all so tired mm. Mm-hmm. and it's intentional it's intentional to keep us tired and and misdirected and distracted and all the things because to address those things would you know upend a system that that benefits a very tiny few some of those who are super rich religious people as well 
So looking at you, Joel Osteen, looking at you. Is it a misplace of a lot of Christian energy that's put in almost entirely to convince people to believe in God and a certain view of God than addressing all the above that you just named? It it is. And, And to be honest, to be honest, not to entirely give Christianity a bad name and drag it under the bus. Um, I feel, I feel like that, that view of it is more important what you believe and we got to convert you. I don't know that that's still the majority of Christendom. And I don't know, because I I, I look at, for example, all the denominations that they are in the U.S. and we hear we hear most about the crazy ones. Right. But we got Methodists. We got Presbyterians. We got Episcopalians. We got, you know, all of us. There are some third rails. There are some third rails. Like even in the PCSA, we still have when you join the church, you still have to use the phrase Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And that phrase is this third rail of if you can't say that or you can't, you know, so there's lots of ways that we do it and still kind of cover it in the, you know. Sure. But after you say it, it's not like your entire church and religious experience is leading back to that because then, you know, you find a community that's, for example, very social justice oriented and, and, and no one's asking you Sunday on a daily basis to, you know necessarily re- reaffirm that thing and 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 no, they corner you for 45 minutes about if aliens are real and you're like i don't care why am i here <laughs> let it go shannon let it go <laughs> oh but it was so painful there you go brian that's where i had been stuck that's where i was stuck and i couldn't get out of the damn conversation oh, you want to know it was like 45 minutes on whether or not somebody could be a christian and believe aliens were real like there's it where took I her, stuck. It, it took her 45 minutes to get there, but she got oh there. My God. It was <laughs> awful. It was awful. And all the time I'm going, love someone as you would want to be loved. Treat somebody the way that you want to be treated. <sighs> Find a happy place. <laughs> and I want to go home. So I'm gonna let you go home too. <laughs> so you're you're a better pass, you're a better pastor than I am, because I'd have been like, why the hell does that matter? Why does that honestly? Why does that matter? Perhaps, I did my best. I did my perhaps, best. perhaps you're using as a distraction for what really matters. I would not have seen them next week after I'd said that for sure, but I'd have said it anyways. I like <laughs> to think that I would have said it. I don't know that I would have. I don't, it really was a conversation <sighs> about converting because she wanted she wanted her daughter-in-law to go to he- heaven or whatever. And she was worried that she'd go to hell if she believed in aliens. Oh my and God. I was like, I don't believe any of this. Like none of it. <laughs> wow. both things can be true i can believe in jesus and aliens i mean he went up in that cloud and we don't know what happened after that well you know i was like like you know there's lots of ways of doing this but again i do want to just quickly speak to the morality point of you know i think is it is it james that talks about you know, we have to care for the physical needs. Like if we, if we're caring for the quote unquote spiritual needs, if we're only evangelizing and not mm-hmm. caring for the physical needs of the person in front of us, like that is not gospel. That yeah. is yeah. not Faith scripture. without works is dead. Yes. Yep. And so like all the soup kitchens that make you listen to the preaching before you get your food, like mm-hmm. that is anti-gospel, right? Like yep. feed people, literally Preach. feed them. Preach. And, 
And so then turning that into not just food and clothing and shelter, but then let's talk about mental health and let's talk about therapy. Those are also physical needs of ours. Yeah. And if we're not doing what we can't, like, I think that's why people are rejecting like the religious and moral view that, oh, that's what's moral. You know, it's, it's the, you can have Jesus and a therapist too, right? Like actually having these things, taking care of the physical well-being, your mental health, your physical health, all of that, it, it's it's scripture, it's gospel, that we need to do that before we can tend to the care of someone. That is our moral imperative, you know, yeah. that's what we're you can have You can have Jesus and a therapist, but don't talk to Jesus while at the therapist. That may not end well. I didn't follow. <laughs> you, you didn't follow. Don't talk to Jesus as if he's there while you're in therapy. That might not end well. Does that give your therapist too big of an ego? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, exactly. Curry, a little transference. Curry, oh. Curry, that joke's not landing. Just, All right. Anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll, so, we'll, revis- we'll revisit that. Sorry. Moving well, on. <laughs> that might be, need to be explained to me. Um, thank you, friends, for tuning into Pub Theology Live. See if I'd had a beer. Maybe I would have gotten it. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasts. Our top cities tuning in this week are Brighton, Michigan, South Sea in the UK, and Clearwater, Florida. Uh Uh-oh. You can watch the videos of these conversations on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Johnny Five alive! Oh, wow. wow. That's going back. Kaboom. I loved that movie so much. Those were, that was classic. Oh my gosh. I should show that to my kids. They'll be like, oh, they would love it. I'm, I don't know. It's, it's probably awful. Like, it's it might probably be dated, so- but I think we should not assume what our kids would love that we once loved. I think that's a recipe for failure. Yeah. <laughs> Keep those expectations low, people. Keep them low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>